Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships relationships evolve with people as they grow and change? Hold on, there is a song that's like, da, 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 isn't it? That's that a just, song, right? Da, 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 da. That's what that sounded like. Da, na, 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 na. And maybe it's Beatles. I, I think it's the Beatles. Oh, no, I definitely wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't singing the Beatles. I think it was more like a nursery rhyme. Like, da, 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 da. It's like I have. Oh, it's like, uh, I love you. You love me. We all love. Oh, that's like, cream. isn't that like Barney or something? No, that's yeah. Um, it's like the kids. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. Is that it? Exactly. I, I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. I was thinking that. Yeah. I was like, I have me. You have. I have you. We are recording a podcast now. Hi, welcome to the Curious Fox Podcast. This podcast is for those who challenge the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Misla. And on today's episode, Effie and I are going to be talking about sex as a hobby. Sex is beautiful. It's romantic. It's hot. It can be deeply intimate. And it also can be a fun thing for you to take on as a hobby. And I have been thinking about hobbies, actually, because sometimes my daughter and my partner will tell me that they are bored. And that is not a concept that I understand. I mean, I, I certainly know what bored means. And I, and I actually, I envy them, but I am never bored, meaning I always have something to do. And so I am wondering if you ever get bored, Effie. I definitely do get bored, but I feel like we're talking about different things. Like when I hear you say that, hmm. I imagine that you're getting bored. Like you, I imagine that you're thinking like, oh, I'm bored. I have nothing to do. And you're like, what? Are you out of your mind? I have a list the size of my, you know. Yeah, that is exact conversation. That whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I can do anything. So, yes, I get bored, but never from not having something to do. Because similar to you, like, there's like a million mm. things I can do. I can also, like, invent things to do, like, forever. I just get bored of the thing that I'm doing. And Got I have it. very low Got tolerance it. to that. Like, I can just get, I can get mm-hmm. very low tolerance to boredom, which is a part of my ADD. But it's like, once I'm bored with a thing, with a person, oh, God help us all when I'm bored with a person (laughs) 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 like I'm sorry Um, it's not you it's my brain so I feel like we're talking about two different boredoms that's interesting yeah that's fair because I think in those terms I probably use words like restless or distracted like if I'm doing something that I no longer feel engaged in then I mm-hmm. will likely, instead of saying I'm bored, I will likely say I am feeling restless or I'm feeling distracted. But then I also mm-hmm. feel like there's something to do in my mind. So, for example, when I was visiting you this past week, there were often times where people were speaking a language other than English. 
and mm-hmm. I did not know what people were saying. And mm-hmm. I could have just been sitting there bored. At some point you asked me, you're like, are you okay? Are you bored? Do you want? And I was like, no, this is great. I just like went into my brain and like, mm-hmm. uh, like took out a brain file of thoughts and was like, now you can think about this. And I was just like mm-hmm. daydreaming about something, or maybe I was trying to problem solve something for work, mm-hmm. but I feel like I always have access to something. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been trapped at doing something that is boring you like Uh typical example like you're stuck in a meeting and you have to be engaged with the meeting you gotta take your notes you gotta like but like i the experience that i have i describe it i describe it as my brain claws the inside of my skull and it's just like (laughs) "Ah, get me out of here and i have to be like come on now brain yeah and it's like settle down that few more minutes like let's just stay in here mm. let's just keep connected and then this could be a meeting it could be a book that i have to read because i'm just like i need the information i sometimes get bored of eating like if it's a big meal mm-hmm. and i've been eating the same thing <laughs> for like <laughs> by the time i've like taken my like 10th forkful i'm like i'm so bo- <laughs> bored so that's what i like that's my experience of boredom Yes, that is true. I've had those experiences. And I think that I try to then task switch. So I don't stay in that moment long, which is maybe why I don't feel it so much. Because even if I'm in a meeting or something, then I will, because it's now all virtual. When it wasn't virtual, I would just pull out a piece of paper and just start working on something else. But virtual now I can work on something else. But I don't know. There's something about when, when people say to me that they feel bored, it feels less like mind crawling, like mind scratching. What you were describing makes it like I mm. physically put my nails into my own skin because mm-hmm. I was like, I have to get out of this situation. That feels like torturous. Boredom to me, maybe I'm just picturing it different. Feels like laying about on the couch, like kind of mopey and like, mm. <sighs> like whatever sounds that, whatever words go mm-hmm. with that sound of like, <sighs> mm-hmm, I have nothing mm-hmm. to do. It's so boring that doesn't feel like things clawing out (laughs) yeah no i hear you this is what i mean like we were talking about this earlier like i do think there are like two types of experiences that we're calling boredom but they're different experiences like this this thing of like i have nothing to do i haven't experienced that in decades like i'm so bored there's nothing to do like that's never if like you if i I mean i have a million things to think about i can just get a pen pen and paper and like sketch out the next curious fox content or like figure out like i'm never gonna have nothing to do like you that's what you're saying but i can definitely get stuck doing something that's just like killing my soul you know um <laughs> yes <laughs> and i'm just like shriveling yes. up inside and i'm kind of stuck in, yes because i said it could be a thing yes. it could be a person you know like i'm mm-hmm. you know i'm connecting with someone and i'm just trying to be nice and i'm like you're boring me and mm-hmm. the thing is i have i think the, the difference between you and i i have a very low tolerance to that so it doesn't take much for yeah. me to get there i think you're much more like able to engage for a long time without getting bored whereas i'm like i'm, I'm like i'm done early like too early and my, i'm like my brain is going 
get me out of here. Well, it's not, I think I appreciate that. It's not that I don't get bored. It's, it's just that there's something else I can split myself. I have, I have learned mm. over the years and we've talked about this and, and, and reintegration is something that I constantly work on. And I have the skill set of being able to split my brain so that half mm. of me is like present and I can, mm. I can like be faux present really well. Like, <laughs> you, you know, that's a skill set I got from my mom. Like my mom, mm. you know, people meet her afterwards and be like, oh my God, she's so amazing. She talked to da, 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 da. and I'll ask them afterwards, like, did you learn anything about her? Like, do you actually know anything about her? And they're like, no, because she's really good at being present for the other person, but you actually mm-hmm. learn or know nothing about her as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, she separates you herself out. Right and I can do the same you thing where that. I'm there and I'm yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm there, I'm with you. But <laughs> in my head, there's like a cartoon running, there's like a to do <laughs> list. Like, mm-hmm. there is some, I'm watching a movie in my head, but I can still be present to you. It's a, it's a skill set like learned from survival that I can pull out every once in a while. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, that definitely resonates for me in two ways. I have experienced Jackie in that mode. <laughs> and also, <laughs> not to me personally. Oh, okay. uh, let me think about that though. Hmm. Uh, but I've definitely, like, I've definitely experienced you with somebody else like that. I'm like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's my representative. Yes. My, yeah, the avatar. Yeah, same. I would... I always tell people, if I look most attentive, that's when I am checked out. Like in meetings, when I used to be in the corporate mm. world, in meetings, when I look the most attended, like I'm like the most present person in the room, I'm mm-hmm. not listening. I have my like present <laughs> face on and I'm like, look like, you know, you know, I'm listening intently. But if you yeah. like actually stop me and ask me what's going on, I wouldn't actually know. The yeah. times when I'm like doodling, not paying attention, um, folding something that's like then I'm like fully listening and focused yes and and I know that people think that I'm not engaged that is so true for me yes I'm thinking that right now like right now I'm we are facing each other on zoom but oftentimes mm-hmm. I'm not looking at you I'm looking off in a corner mm-hmm. somewhere or my eyes are closed mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like I'm paying attention but that is actually when I'm mm-hmm. paying attention the most Yes. Yeah. That's my listen. That's my like attentive mode. It looks very inattentive. Yeah. (laughs) I used to get in trouble for this at school all the time. Right. (laughs) Didn't you tell me that that you'd be under the table at school and the teacher would try to like catch you and not paying attention? Yeah, and then he and she'd be like, "What did I just say?" Oh, she'd ask me a question. I'm like, I, "You just said this. What, what, what? Don't you know what you've just said?" <laughs> and I'd be like under the table, coloring <laughs> and like you know, coloring while like playing with my hair. And I'm like, "This is my most attentive," and I'm like listening to class. To this day, it's like that. Yeah, I need to be. I do. I want to be more empathetic because I actually do envy people who are like, "I have nothing to do," because there is creativity in boredom. Like boredom breeds creativity it breeds free thought i remember being a child Mm. and and having nothing to do and going outside and inventing this whole world made up of like Mm -hmm. leaves and twigs that would occupy my time for hours Mm. and because i am so i have such a long to-do list now that i continue to go to and i do feel guilt when i don't work on those things i give myself Mm -hmm. less space for creativity so i'm going to try to show Mm. up with less judgment when (laughs) when someone tells me because that Mm -hmm. is my default my knee-jerk reaction when they're like on board it's like oh i got some stuff for you to do um <laughs> yeah, and i want to sure. be like yay you're bored invite yeah. creativity in a previous partner of mine was involved in a theater group and um he was forever pissed that their director would schedule in boredom time 
Like they oh. would they would have these meetings, and a part of that meeting was like boredom time. It was like sit around and get bo- like scheduled in, sit around and get bored wow. time. And yeah, he was this, this interesting guy. And that would um, drive me crazy. Thomas would come home. Yeah, Thomas would come home and be like, ah, drives me crazy. I'm like I think he's onto something. And the idea was exactly what you said. He mm-hmm. would believe that boredom uh, breeds creativity, and he mm-hmm. was just wanted to just wanted to schedule time so that people had nothing to do to get bored. Yeah, there's something there. There's something there. My suggestion, if you're bored, one of the things that that I think is a great thing to do is take up sex as a hobby. <laughs> I see I'm laughing but I really am intrigued by this idea like I have talked about this before on the podcast I would love to access sex when I'm like I want to I'm angry or I'm emotional or I'm bored mm-hmm. like I want to leverage sex in those ways and despite my ongoing commitments to our podcast community to do that I haven't done that yet maybe this will be the episode that transforms me into a yeah. sex hobbyist like <laughs> Sex That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's like this is something that I've been saying for a long time. And I say, you know, this is the, this is my regular suggestion to pretty much all my clients, which is to take up sex as a hobby. And I say that because there is a misconception out there that sex is sex is something that happens naturally and that you kind of know all the things naturally. We kind of born with the knowledge of how to have good, great sex, like just like it's there pre-installed into our operating system and that if you don't know there's something wrong with you or you think you know but you're not checking in or you're not learning anything new you're kind of stuck in your own thing and you might even think it's not that much fun so i feel like the the idea that sex is just like you just know i think is a big misconception and and i think it's just it's a skill it's a knowledge base Mm -hmm. that you can learn and practice and master and i think it would be so good just it's it's be so good for yourself first and foremost and if you have a partner or, or multiple partners it'll just be a great thing to do as a great like joint project yes thank you already on behalf of your all your partners for all the years of practice <laughs> i <laughs> i yeah i think that that makes a lot of sense i think And I think both is true. I recently posted an article for Curious Fox around, you know, the first time lesbian sex and how intimidating that can Mm -hmm. be if you're a woman who's never had sex with a woman and you want to explore that. Mm -hmm. And so much of it, honestly, is just being fully present, being fully understanding that if you have sex with one person, you have sex with one person, right? Like each person's body is different. Mm -hmm. Their wants, their desires is different. Mm -hmm. And being completely present to that person Mm -hmm. and to yourself and communicative creates the uh, beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to know the human body. It's nice to have a few Mm -hmm. kind of tricks up your sleeve. Um, Mm -hmm. And so both, both those things, both really naturally being present to yourself and the other and Mm -hmm. practice. Absolutely. And just like anything else, just like Mm -hmm. uh, learning to play the violin on your way to the Carnegie Hall, practice, practice, Mm -hmm. practice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not just a, I mean, it's such a broad topic, right? It's like, Mm-hmm. It's a it's a skill that you can learn on so many levels. Like first and foremost, communication, right? Like just to be able to talk about sex is something that you mm. that most of us have to really learn. And both like 
literally vocabulary like naming the things Mm -hmm. and then also being able to find your own stride with it you know like how do you have a conversation around pleasure like what do you like what do i Mm -hmm. like how do you have a conversation around sdis uh, without being uh, being a a buzzkill how do you um, how do you have conversation around things that you want to learn and things that you don't like right how do you like and and how do you do that before, during, and after, you know, like the whole mm-hmm. thing, just the communication piece alone is like, you know, one module yeah. <laughs> that you can get into. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is why I do think of it as like a hobby, right? It's like you kind of learning your way around this thing one bit at a time. And mm-hmm. it's, a, I mean, I think it's a bit like learning to cook, you know, you can definitely mm. get by being able to cook your like three dishes or like your pot noodles or whatever that you know to cook. That's fine. Like you can feed yourself. (laughs) Ramen noodles, scrambled eggs and cereal. (laughs) (laughs) And like your menu. Those three things got me through several years (laughs) of college. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like that's, if that's your knowledge base, great. Like that's what you know, but isn't there some, you know, something, something more interesting that you can get into maybe? Maybe you want to learn some knife skills. Maybe you want to know how to, I know, chop up an onion probably, Mm. how to peel a garlic easily. Um, Maybe you want to be able to like how to pick ripe tomatoes. And and there's like so much to learn. And and kind of Mm -hmm. similarly, similar with sex, you know, it's like, got to learn some skills. You got to learn some like name of things. You got to learn like what goes with what. Do you think there's a correlation between people who cook well and people who have sex well? I think there would be a correlation in the way people think. Like, mm. if the person who cooks well and has dedicated their time, energy, effort, focus to cooking, if that person then dedicates the same time, energy, all the things that I've just said to sex, I think somebody who's got that kind of dedication and they point that towards another subject like sex, I think they would be good at it. That makes sense to me. That would be my guess. But I don't think like you cook well. It's like people say, oh, if you like people who dance well must be good in bed. Right. I don't. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's something about. <laughs> yeah, first of all, <laughs> I just need you to pause and you'd be like, nah, that's now. No, but that makes sense because my my partner is a very good cook and she cooks for herself well. Like if I'm by myself, I'm either ordering or I'm making scrambled eggs. Like, honestly, I'm not making, she will make a full like steak and potatoes and like pudding and like appetite. Like she'll make this whole, and she's very good at sex. Mm. And so I'm wondering if there is like the time and energy that she puts into meal preparation is a sign of the way in which she looks at things in life and sex included. I This is like a research paper now that I want to do. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, this is going back to this whole idea of sex mm-hmm. as a hobby, right? It sounds like Alexis thinks of food as a bit mm-hmm. of a hobby, right? She knows what to cook and she likes to cook a full mm-hmm. meal. She's, you know, I'm sure she like chooses her ingredients and decides what she wants to eat. In fact, this is exactly what we're talking about. The way that you're thinking about food mm-hmm. and the way Alexis thinking about food is the difference between somebody who just like has sex or somebody who <laughs> thinks sex is a hobby. <laughs> No offense, <laughs> no offense in your scrambled eggs. 
<laughs> um, actually no but let's we should go into just that saying. no no we should definitely we should let's explore that because i do have things to learn and i'm not ashamed in this small community of several thousand people who listen to admit that and so we'll let mm-hmm. I, yeah mm-hmm. i'll open up i'll open up in this group um so it sounds like the first step is i mean first <laughs> <laughs> pivoting quickly it sounds like the first step is um just saying that you're gonna do this like deciding this is a hobby that i'm gonna explore on my own or yes. with my partner or partners right mm-hmm. exactly i think that's really important to say this is now the thing that i'm working on right and then you dedicate some time to it right that's kind of the natural thing that you do like if you are gonna de- you know this is your new hobby you're gonna dedicate some time t- some time to it you realize it's gonna be a learning curve mm-hmm. right it's not something that you're gonna like I do this now and I'm the best at it, right? I think those are like nice foundational starts, yeah. right? And then you kind of say, um, you're going to do it sometimes for fun and sometimes for learning and practice and as, as a new skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think, all right, so let's, let's, let's go into this a little bit. I think that there is a difference between you can be naturally good at it and also be good at it as a skill. I think both things are true. So, for example, sure. I have been told yes. that I naturally move well. I think the fact that I can have multiple orgasms almost on command, sometimes without being touched, feels like a party trick for folks. It doesn't intend to be. That's just how my particular mm-hmm. body and vulva work. But that also mm-hmm. seems like it's a natural gift, if you will. Certainly, I've spent some time curating that gift, but that just comes naturally. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I just want to put an interlude here that my, my comparison of Alexis's cooking and your scrambled egg did not just does not translate to sex. I just want to put it out on the no no no. No, but let me. But but this is why I do think this is important. I also have partnered with folk with with partners who naturally pay more attention to me. I I've partnered with folks who generally have one or two orgasms during you know a multi hour sexcapade session and a lot of the time spent is time with on and with me and so thank you (laughs) thank you universe for that (laughs) that being Mm -hmm. said i do want to get better because i as we've as we have noted this will now be alexis's favorite podcast episode she is very good at sex and well done, I Alexis. have gold star to <laughs> her. We should give out her uh, Tinder. Tinder. Um, no, profile. we should not do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. We are, find no, her on I, no, Find no. her on Instagram. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't. Don't. <laughs> but I've often shared with her. I have great gratitude for all of her previous partners. I have often said after a, a, a you know, a particularly beautiful or, or hot lovemaking session, mm. like many, many thanks to all of the people who came before me mm. and all of the, you know, mm. she has put in her hundred thousand hours of practice mm. and <laughs> it is because she is both fully present, but also like knows certainly my body, but a female body, like knows what to do, knows mm-hmm. what to press, knows, can like read the room, if you will. And there's a skill set there. Mm-hmm. Like that's not just natural. That's really sure. paying attention. That's learning. That's learning biology. Mm-hmm. That's learning just how to be 
present and use her body and use the other person's body to particular ends. Mm -hmm. And watching her, I've often said, like, I want to get better at this thing. Um, I want Mm -hmm. to learn certain tricks, particularly when it comes to things like topping and bottoming and bottoming from the top. And wait, what's the other? I... (laughs) I I feel like every few months I text you and I'm like, Effie, what are the things again? (laughs) And it's often like 11 o'clock at night for me. And I'm like, Effie, remind me of all of the words because I know that those are places where I, we would like to play more is kind of switching Mm -hmm. our, our roles and, you know, who's in charge and, you know, me being more dominant, not necessarily dominant to her, but dominant and telling her what to do to me and things like that. And that takes Mm -hmm. practice. For sure. Yeah. It takes practice because it also takes practice to know what you like right yes. this is like it takes practice to be able to communicate that stuff and then one step before that is to kind of figure out what is it that you like and to mm-hmm. get to a place where you know oh i want to play you know i want to play with power dynamics and i want to see what it would be like to you know tell somebody else to do things to me in a way that's still sexy and you know th- th- those are things mm-hmm. that just you figure out when you dedicate some time to it and that it's like mm-hmm. it's playtime you know and i and i think it's important to go with the natural flow of things especially if you're naturally gifted <laughs> but also spend some time playtime mm-hmm. dedicated playtime when you're going okay let's see let's talk about power dynamics insects Mm -hmm. let's talk about anatomy like let me lie down or let you know my partner or partners you know let's lie down and like just go through from head to toe like what feels good what kind of touch what kind of stroke what kind of pressure where does it feel besides the obvious stuff and i think we did we did a great episode with jocelyn silva on the erogenous Mm -hmm. zones that are not Mm -hmm. your regular places that you would look you know like look somewhere else look behind the curtain um so it's like doing that kind of like intentional intentional playtime to really mm-hmm. learn and also allow that time to you know be curiosity led and mm-hmm. not goal you know goal led goal like goal oriented um mm-hmm. just kind of like discovery and curiosity and fun and you know there's no right or wrong but just you know exploration and communication like that kind of very dedicated time as a part of your hobby, you yeah. know, and I think it's, it's it's important to have that space. We have we've sometimes dedicated sessions where we say you in this session until I say so at some point, you cannot have an orgasm. You cannot come. Mm-hmm. And those are both mm-hmm. like the worst and best ever. Mm-hmm. Because like the building up of it, like the build up and the build up and the build up without the release mm-hmm. is both like. It drives me crazy, but it's also like magic when it finally, when you, Mm -hmm. you know, when it happens. And so Mm -hmm. that to me reminds me of that, of like how instead of walking into it with means to an end, and we've talked about this, I think we've talked about this with Stella, with Jesse, with Jocelyn around, we've talked about it regarding masturbation and also regarding partnered sex, that sometimes Mm -hmm. you do it just to do it. It's utilitarian, mm-hmm. right? You, you do mm-hmm. it to get one out before you can go to sleep. And other mm-hmm. times you really want to lean into it and enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like making intentional hobby that you can spend some time exploring mm-hmm. allows you then to take that time to be curious and to play. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I do think that there is some room for it to be a little bit, you know, the way that we the way that we roll, a little nerdy, right? Like having a bit of structure mm-hmm. around it. I think if it's a if it's a hobby and you're learning new skills, I think the type of time that you described, which is, you know, some fun power dynamics and like saying it's not goal oriented and like no orgasms, those are all really fun play spaces. I think in addition, some like nerdy time. You know, like mm-hmm. thinking about what is it that you want to know, how are you going to learn it, where are you going to learn it from? A tool that I give to my clients and anybody can find it. It's on my website, fublue.com forward slash resources. If you want to like get there fast. So it's effy.blue, like this guy, dot com forward slash resources. There's a exploration sheet. It's a mm-hmm. bit of a, um, a hack from the yes, no, maybe sheet that you will find everywhere else. The, the yes, no, maybe list is a list of all the things that you can think of that is sort of sex, part of sex, pretty much everything, pretty like that list is like hundreds of hundreds of things. And, and then the idea is that you say yes, no, maybe. Yes, I like to do that. No, maybe I want to explore. So I wanted to expand on that mm-hmm. a little bit and make sure it's something that you can people can really learn from. I changed the order a little bit. So it's like things that are a little bit more known and it gets like more and more kinky and more and more risque and different as you go down the list and the idea is Mm -hmm. it's knowledge experience and desire so you three columns and you go knowledge what do you know about it like do you do you know the skills required for it experience have you ever done it have it has it ever been done to you what was it like and um desire do you want to do it again do you want to try it do you want to do it to somebody else and the idea is that by the time you sort of go through the sheet you have kind of taken stock of what you already know and you can do it on your own you can do it with your partners um it's kind of a fun group exercise actually it's like a get some you know get a couple of glasses of wine or maybe smoke a joint and um just like get the list out and it's fun and you end up telling stories and and sharing notes and learning from one another so like it's a really good way to like start all this up and take a bit of stock yeah you like you some of the things you'd be like yep i'm really good at this like i know how to drive a penis um (laughs) or i know my way around the vulva so like there's some of the things that you can be like i know this stuff and then there'll be like a bunch of other things that you can like you can be you might find that you're curious about that you hadn't even heard before you know Mm -hmm. so i I feel like that's a great place to start just like do some homework you know like i'd like to call it a fun work Mm -hmm. do some fun work Were there any things that you at some point thought to yourself, maybe you saw it, you were at a play party, maybe you had an experience with a partner and you're like, oh, I want to get better at that. And so you went, you read the books or you watched the videos or you practiced the stuff and you got better at it. Is there like an example that you can think of where you set your mind to it and like thought of it like a hobby and got better? Yeah, for sure. Um, finding my finding my way around the vulva was a mission of mine because mm. I was like, me and mine are BFFs. Um, <laughs> but I learned quite quickly that not, as you said, not all vulvas are made the same. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's like, I was very comfortable. And I... T- if I say so myself, <laughs> um, I can I can drive. I, as I said, I can drive. A, I can drive a penis. Um, it's uh, it's fun. I know my way around. Um, I don't really like. 
I don't know if it was a natural skill, maybe it's practiced, as <laughs> we just well practiced. So yeah, and then I, you know, once I started um, playing with women, I was like, whoa, I know nothing. <laughs> and I think I've just felt very precious about it. So I definitely, le- le- I was like leaning on my, my nerdiness and mm-hmm. read the books and mm-hmm. watched the videos and hung out with Stella Harris who has an amazing mm-hmm. um, anatomy of the Volvo workshop mm-hmm. that I recommend it's actually on our Patreon if you haven't seen it yeah log in and see it it's really good yeah and there's a live demo so she actually mm-hmm. has a live uh, person there who she demonstrates on and mm-hmm. it was a lot it was good it was good it was, it was amazing yeah it was amazing so vulvas is an area of, of, of learning for you and you like, and so what was your process? Walk us through going from novice to uh-huh. hobbyist. Hobby- <laughs> I thought you were going to say master. I was like, no, <laughs> I was going to say hobbyist. <laughs> I knew you were going to push back on that. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, no, no, I need more practice. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely like Stella's workshop actually is pretty much how I, learned it which is to kind of go back to the anatomy of it and like learn about the clit you know you should know about the clit people that it's a separate organ Mm -hmm. and how it sits in the vulva and and then it was very much like looking at anatomy books and youtube i'm a visual learner so youtube is your friend is my friend i should say Mm -hmm. and sort of like going okay so this is mine this is where mine is like like working on mine essentially and then i'm fortunate because i am very fortunate to be in a community of sex nerds so i can like reach out to a friend who is in my community who i like and get on with and be like so when i i'm learning some skills i kind of need a vulva around what are you doing tonight can we like you know hang out and like and especially at that phase of my life when i was like learning this stuff i was like i was around some some cool people who'd be like sure let me show you what i know so that was kind of how i went about it See, that feels like a call that most people want to get. I feel like if you're really going to take this on as a hobby, I feel like let your friends and family, not your family, maybe let your friends and partners know. Yeah, not your family. And maybe every once in a while, you know, yeah, put out a call and say, I am looking for someone to practice with. No, totally. Safely. Consensually. Fun. That was it. And then uh, hanging out at play parties, I find that to be actually very, very educational. I think that, no, you can't learn about sex from porn, but you can definitely learn about sex at play parties because it's real sex, real people, Mm. often people who practice this stuff are sex hobbyists. So they have mastered their skills and there's often good communication happening that you can see. So that was another place to kind of really like, just like visual learning, as I said, like you, you can only, you, there's only so much on YouTube because of YouTube restri- restrictions and mm-hmm. play parties were definitely where I like got my visual cues. I'm like, oh, okay, this works. This doesn't work. Also just, just comparing notes. Like I would compare notes with anybody who was like, who would normally play with, with a person with a vulva. Um, be like, how about this? Like, wh- how do you do with this? How do you do that? So like comparing notes with other sex nerds, um, that's definitely mm-hmm. my way. Yeah, that's kind of how I learn and practice, you know. And 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 I I have to say, I I definitely need more practice. I don't come across that many women that I'm attracted to, and when I do, like not my friends that I like play learn with, like that's you know that that's just a 
how I hang out with some of my girlfriends. But like someone that I'm really, really attracted to that I want to have like have <laughs> some friends get manicures and pedicures. <laughs> And some people, you know, have vulva play. Yeah, so it's, this is the diversity of experience that we get to have. Exactly, yes. exactly. Girlfriends having fun, but I, you know, I haven't, I haven't had enough experiences where I'm like playing with strangers, if you will, or like I should say, friends in the making, mm-hmm. um, where I'm like learning, <laughs> like learning my way around live. You know, like am I? It's actually less mm-hmm. about sort of like learning playtime, but more about like actually we're now in it for reals. I have mm-hmm. a limited of those experiences. I shouldn't say limited, but in comparison to like I'm nerding out right now, or like I'm with a friend, or I'm in a group sex environment with like bunch of things happening, and and yeah, I think this is the most I've spoken about my sex life on this podcast so far. <laughs> by the way. Just want to put, throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yes, we, we we've we've since compared my sex to scrambled eggs, and we have <laughs> revealed <laughs> your, <laughs> your your girl hangout days. I know. Yeah. This is this. Yeah. I'm telling you, this one. This is the one. Epi- this is the episode. We are we are nearing our fiftieth episode, and yeah. we are getting more and more comfortable. Clearly, with the platform, <laughs> yeah. as we get yeah. close, as we get closer to fifty. I'll tell you another skill that I learned. I was very interested in learning and I it's hard to get practice is pegging. How to drive a strap-on with a guy. Now that is something that I like nerded out on and I just don't get to practice that enough. That I just want to put that out there. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so in the show notes, we're gonna put Alexis's <laughs> Instagram and Tinder. We're gonna put a place where people who are interested in pegging, being received, the pegging receiver can reach out. Uh-huh. Um, no, that completely. So it reminds me of when I did. I literally reached out to you. This is a true story, and like texted you and was like, "Talk to me about topping and bottoming, and like what books mm. should I be reading?" And mm. because honestly, for me, so. And you and I have had this conversation, I'm sure on the podcast as well. So much of my life is spent telling people what to do, (laughs) is spent Mm -hmm. strategizing for folks or as a coach and supporting people through their journey or as a parent. Like in in many cases, I am the adult in the room, if you will. I am the Mm -hmm. expert in the room and I'm leading the conversation and leading our next steps. And often sex was a place for me to not have to be in control to be told Mm -hmm. what to do, to be in the submissive Mm -hmm. role and really loved that space to be able to give up control. And there were times that my partner would say, okay, now I want you to be in control. I want you to tell me what to do and Mm -hmm. I want you to, and that was a skill that I had to learn. I'm very good at being bossy, but -hmm. those two lines did not necessarily cross. And Mm -hmm. so I leaned on some things that I know. I'm a good storyteller and that translated well to sex talk. And you and I've talked about this, right? Because you don't talk a lot during sex. I do not. I talk a lot about sex, not during sex. (laughs) Yes, I can. I can recite sexual poetry during sex. Like, you know, I can depending on if I am the one leading or if I'm the one if if the focus is on me, if the focus is on me, I'm going to turn everything off in my head and my mouth and, you know, and really be present in my body. If I'm taking more control, then I can I can share some limericks. 
So I could lean into that. I, I was able to lean into taking control and telling stories and telling her what I wanted to happen. What I think I needed to, to learn more about, which I did from reading books and from practice, was when I then have that control, right? When the stage is mine, how do I leverage that in a way to build up energy or to really read her body? And one of the things that I had to learn and now do better was if I saw that she was enjoying something, I would start to do more of that, but maybe to greater intensity. And mm -hmm. as I was reading about topping in particular, one of the things that I learned was you stay on track, essentially. Like if that pace, if that speed, if that level mm -hmm. of touch feels good, you keep that as long as possible. Mm -hmm. And then slowly you escalate that. Right. And that wasn't something for me, I'm going to be honest, that, that I was doing. At the time, I was like, ooh, you like that? You may like it then even harder and faster. <laughs> if you like that, let me show you what else. I got. And that wasn't actually what I should have been doing. And so I learned and have gotten very good at holding the pace mm -hmm. and holding the, the pressure to the point where then I am being asked and begged to escalate or to go you know, mm -hmm. further deeper, whatever it is. And so that was like a fun little trick. And that really came from reaching out to my community, asking mm -hmm. for tips, reading <laughs> yeah. some books and having some sure. practice. Yeah, that's a pr pro tip. If it feels good, don't change it. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing they say. Yeah. No. Um. Absolutely. And I think this is this is it. Like just learning this stuff. And and I'm sure you had fun in the process of learning. I did have fun. It was good learning. Yeah. See. So I may be a little bit of a hobbyist. I think I'm gonna have to spend some more time on this hobby. I have to think about you know when people walk around like they collect stamps or coins and they have a little book. Mm -hmm. What kind of what can I collect? I need some sort of momentum for each of my experiences. Yeah. To, down, look, I will send you the PDF for the exploration sheet. You can check things off. You can. Mm. You love that kind of thing. You should I fill like it, it in with your like, with, and you're like, make a list of the things like next thing that you want to learn and experience. Yes. And you can be like, I learned this. Sex and lists. What? Those are two <laughs> of my favorite things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jackie's like, I just found what I'm doing for the next three months. Everyone. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna see Alexis next week, and that's it. We're gonna we're gonna go through the checklist. That's fine. One of the things actually that we did that was kind of fun is our good friend Candice created the Tango Kit, and mm -hmm. it's like a monthly subscription kit that you can get that has a different theme. And so mm -hmm. we did that, and we had one that was around. I think it was domination. There was another one that was maybe just around like play. She has one that focuses on folks who are, you know, healing from sexual trauma and, and really mm -hmm. trying to ease back into sexual play. And just having like a different themed experience. Like mm -hmm. there are times where you say, you know, I'm in the mood for Chinese food tonight or I'm in the mood for Mexican mm -hmm. or let's order some Italian. Like, I think that there's also something about like, I'm in the mood for some bondage play tonight. How do you feel about that? I'm mm -hmm. in the mood for some role play. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. That's exactly what I mean. I think that's so important. And you only do that if you know what's on the menu. Like you, how do you pick for like yeah. the two ways, right? How do you order? How do you mm. order food? You either know what you like and you, you order it or you go on 
seamless or some other website then you look at the menu of things or you you want to order somewhere you see a menu of things and you get inspired it's the same idea like the more you know about sex the more you get to do things like that let's try this tonight let's try that tonight Mm. and you don't have to love it like the idea isn't that once you've tried it now you have to do it forever if you just the idea is that you dedicate some time to try out some things that really comes from your inner sexual expression because i do think that your sexual expression is a part of your self expression and if mm-hmm. and 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 by the way not a, i want to just like take it, but we had a lot of fun and this topic is fun and we have more fun things to share with you <laughs> but i do want to take like a second to say if this is not how you feel right if you're not if you're like i don't know this isn't really speaking to me that's also a okay like there are some people mm-hmm. who don't necessarily find that Sex is not a part of their self-expression. And that's okay. Everybody has a different sex drive. Everybody has different interests. Mm-hmm. Like, l- let's labor this food analogy, right? Not everybody likes to try all the different foods from all the way around the world. Not everybody is always hungry. Not all everybody is like, always, you know, wanting to learn the, the latest cooking thing so if if this isn't if what we're saying isn't speaking to you there's nothing wrong with you it's okay this is for people who enjoy sex and they do have a sex drive and that they do have partner or partners or they're on their own and they they like sex they want to learn about it and they don't know how and they haven't really thought about really thinking about sex as a skill that you can learn that it's knowledge base that you can explore so this is really what we're talking about if you're like, I don't know, sex is I can take it or leave it. Sure. There are plenty of people like that. And that's okay. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to say. Sorry, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, and I've talked a little bit about this. I have different relationships with my different partners. Certainly that's true. Mm-hmm. And that includes like sexual energy. And so with Alexis, we do play a lot and, and we, you know, consider in some ways sex to be a hobby and sex to be a way in which we explore our love. And with my wife, it's much more of a, an emotional connection. And we've been together mm-hmm. for almost a decade and have spent a lot of time building a life together. And that's not as important in our relationship. And mm-hmm. so it, both of those things things are valuable. Both of those things are valuable Mm -hmm. relationships, valuable experiences. And so I do think that not only is it about some people may not need sexuality as a part of their self-expression and that's okay, Mm -hmm. but some Mm -hmm. relationships may not need sexuality as a part of it and that's Mm -hmm. okay. For sure. That's okay too. This is really, I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to explore this topic is to just put it on the table as a thing, right? So Mm -hmm. decide if, if, is sex something that you're interested in, right? If not, great. No problem. Is there room for sex in your relationship? If not, great. If everyone's thriving, everyone's happy, it's not a point of contention, great. If you're in a situation where, as an individual or within a relationship, you're stuck, you're bored, Mm. you feel that you might, you know, you have some insecurities, you feel like you're worried that you're not good enough, you're plagued by all the things that I just said, this is really a call to you to say you can make a difference you not everyone's good at sex naturally mm-hmm. it's a skill you can learn there's a ton of information and you can make a difference and if it's a if you find yourself in a long just long-term relationship where there you used to have great sex and you don't you no longer have it and it's not you know that you don't love that you don't love that you no longer have sex honestly taking up sex as a hobby as a within the relationship or relationships it's whatever the comfort 
configuration that you have available to you without any pressure to have sex, but just to have sex as a topic that you connect over um, might mm -hmm. actually get you out of your rut or might get you to reconnect and might get you to find some inspiration to two things that, you know, aren't you're no longer bored about. And, and so that's really what this is about. Yeah. And there's some, to your point, there's some tools that can help people on their journey. There's the the resource that you shared that's on effieblue.com backslash resources. There is, if you go back to our episode with Jesse Fresh and talk mm -hmm. about either sex for folks who are sensitive or the sexual blueprint, those mm -hmm. are some amazing resources. If you're a Patreon member, then you can see our videos where we did our, oh, yeah. she did a presentation about mm -hmm. those things and she talks through more detail. So there are resources that you can read, that you can listen to, that you can watch, mm -hmm. that you can attend so that you can learn from whatever your learning style is. You can learn what your sexual style is, what yeah, the sexual style of exactly. your partner is, what turn, what are your turn ons? What can you get mm -hmm. really good at? And mm -hmm. Do, and do that, I think, you know, from a learning place, focus on some things that you are naturally really good at so you don't feel mm -hmm. like a novice in everything. And maybe mm -hmm. the call to action is to to implement something new every week, yeah. to try some a little something new, a new activity, mm -hmm. a new strategy. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, then you laugh together and mm -hmm. <laughs> you show up with gratitude for each other or whoever's in the room for trying yeah. to learn and grow and have fun yeah. together. And there are ways to do that, you know, like, is, is I think spot on what you're saying, figure out how you naturally learn, right? Are you somebody who reads? Are you somebody who watches things? Are you somebody who listens to things, right? We definitely have a ton of resources within the Curious Fox, you know, universe, be it Patreon, be it our blogs, always invite you to explore those and explore beyond, of course, explore beyond. If you are a reader, you learn from books, you learn from reading, there's some great books out there. Um, figure out how you, what kind of book you like, right? There's some great, very practical books and there's some great sort of detailed books. So figure out like which one of those speak to you. And I also thoroughly recommend finding a, f a couple of sex educators that you like and following them. Uh, there are a bajillion of them around. We, if you go to our Instagram feed, the Curious Fox Instagram feed, you'll see we recommended a whole bunch of them along the way and we will continue to recommend people that we like. And there are, you know, there, there are so many good ones around. So pick a couple that you like and there are ways to pick them. I mean, they're, they're like, if you just search for them, you'll find so many great um, sex educators. They're definitely the ones that we would call friends of the fox and we stand by those people. We love them. We learn from them ourselves. And there are billions out there and you can find them. You can find them on Instagram. Just search for the hashtag sex ed. Um, and, you know, here's what I recommend in choosing your sex educators. First of all, do look at their reviews and, and how many followers they have and, and that kind of thing to make sure they're kind of legit. You do want to learn from a good resource. And then I would pick people that really speak to you. Like they speak to your gender, your orientation, your sexual expression, your style, your identity, you know, whatever that you, that really resonates with you. And there's such a great an array of them, right? So for example, if you're if you think you're kinky, if you want to explore kink, there are educators that really focus on that. For example, a couple of episodes ago, we spoke to um, DeAndrea Blaylock Johnson, who focused on Christianity and sexuality, right? So if you're somebody who's religious and you want to explore sexual sexuality, find somebody who speaks to that, right? So you you know find the person that is really speaking to you and your the closest to you and your expression. 
and pick a couple of people that are not speaking to you exactly, just so that you have variation in your noise. That's just like a good backup to, you know, just see other perspectives to other, you know, other styles, just so that you have that nice variety in your noise. Um, and, you know, if they, whatever they're saying, if it doesn't feel good, then don't do it. Um, if it feels interesting, but if it doesn't feel good when you're sort of following what they're saying or, or, or sort of trying it, then just check the information against some other resources, some other educators to make sure that one, that they kind of explained it well, and two, that you really got it well. So those would be like my two recommendations if you're following a sex, uh, sex educator. So like put, put, put sex, the nerdiness around sex into your noise, beat social media, beat your podcasts, beat your articles that you read, beat your library in your, in your, um, in your house. Just, just throw it in there. Throw some resources in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you can get better at it. It's fun. We're good at some things we're good at naturally. Some things we have to learn. And you know, for those of you who get bored, clearly that's not me, but for those, <laughs> those <laughs> of you, <laughs> now you're never going to get bored. <laughs> like I if you had know. any, any, any little, you know, um, chance that you might have been bored. You, that's now no longer exist ever till eternity. I know. Well, but I will, what I will do though, is make some dedicated time. So I have been, you know, I was away for a week and then it was the holidays and I was working. And so we've talked about like spending a weekend in bed and just like, or knowing that we're going to order in all meals and that the, we are not going to leave the bedroom um, or maybe leave the bedroom on purpose, but that the sexcapades will continue. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, but the, the point is that, that I, I will take some dedicated time to to just be in that space, be in that mental space, be in that emotional space, in that physical space. And this conversation is well-timed because I think I'm going to introduce, I'm going to see, maybe I'm going to introduce some new tricks. Maybe I'm going to read some new nice. books. Maybe I'm going to follow a few uh -huh. educators before this weekend. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. let's see what happens. Let's see. Maybe I'll make a different kind of eggs this weekend. <laughs> maybe there'll be some poached eggs on the what? menu. Yeah, we'll see. Nice. Maybe some Holland they saw uh -huh. no nice we have decided that every once in a while we were going to have a soapbox moment mm -hmm. this was really came out of the fact that there are several things that annoy us and we just <laughs> wanted more <laughs> platforms <laughs> in which to share our annoyances <laughs> with the world and because it's our podcast we can do that and so i have a soapbox moment it sounds like you do too um i, I, I yeah i do now <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking about sex and we're talking about how amazing it is and i think i've shared also on the podcast before that i spend the majority of my adult life with men and then probably about seven years ago um started sleeping with women and my life was transformed so recommend that <laughs> we had the, the the episode with christina hutchinson and by the end of it i was really trying to convince her just to have some lesbian sex <laughs> it is pretty amazing but one thing and there's only one thing I think that I do not love about sleeping with women but one thing that I do not love is the fact that I have to cut my nails <sighs> yeah. And I know that this is something I imagine I don't know if this will create controversy at all because I don't mean it to. I just have really beautiful nails. <laughs> <laughs> 
they grow very quickly. They're very strong. They don't chip. Like they just, I love my hands with long nails. Like right now, literally as we speak, I'm holding out my hand and looking at my ha- at my nails because I was on vacation and not with my partner. And so I could let them grow and they're, they're pretty long and they look beautiful. And before I, I go see her and go home, I'm going to have to cut my nails. Boom. And that feels really disappointing. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't seem really, you don't seem empathetic. <laughs> that boo felt real big, Abby Blue. Um, boo you. No, let me no. say, I, I love my partner very much. I do this because, you know, safety and comfort are important in a mm-hmm. sexual experience. And so, yes. But if it was up to me... I would have some long nails. And I've seen the women who have long nails, except like two of their fingers are short. And I've really considered that. But I just, it's like my last soapbox about being pansexual and people like asking too many questions. I just am not into that. So I'm not interested in people asking me like if my nails broke or like what's going on with my nails. And so I just do not want to invite that level of conversation. So I will keep them short. But for now, I'm just going to gaze upon my long and beautiful nails for as long as possible. (laughs) I have literally, we have been like in the midst of play and she's like, did you cut your nails? And I'm like, no. And then I have to like stop and go to the bathroom and go cut and file my nails. It is that is the level of resistance that I have. It's terrible, and I love her, and I should do better. But that's my soapbox. I am annoyed. Someday I will figure out. We can do lots of things. We can send men and women on the moon. Apparently, sometimes when we send women into space, we send them with hundred tampons, tampons. because that. we and then ask them if it's enough for six days. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's crazy. So to we me. can send women with hundreds of tampons out into space. Hopefully, we can figure out a way to have some, you know, safe and enjoyable sex without cutting my long and beautiful nails. Yeah. That's my soapbox moment. Noted, noted. No, I, uh, I get it. I get it. I, I do actually during the play party etiquette workshop. I do tell people to, if it's possible, to cut their nails because it is like the safer thing, the safer, kinder, easier thing to do. Um, but I do agree that you do have beautiful nails, and I am sorry you have to cut them. <laughs> I do. I am sorry you have to cut them. Um, you don't seem that sorry. I yeah, gotta I'm, tell I'm, you, you really I'm, don't I mean, I'm not. I'm not like devastated. <laughs> I'm not that devastated. I'm more like sorry for you. You're like, oh, you have to cut your nails. You can have great sex. So I'm so sorry that that has to happen for you. you. Yes, very small price to pay. (laughs) Exactly. No, I, uh, I am. How about this? I am sympathetic, Mm -hmm. and I'm moving on. I pause. Uh, I sympathize. I've moved on, and we moved no, on. I, your, your feelings are valid. Your feelings are valid. All the feelings are valid. My feelings and my nails are valid. Um, your nails are valid. So, Effie, tell tell us about the bedroom, Effie Blue. Uh, my soapbox moment. <sighs> Take me breath here. Uh, I do have a giant, enormous, like. Godzilla size gripe <laughs> with people using the bedroom as a euphemism for sex. And like it's it's so it's to me it's wrong on so many levels. It's like one, why are you putting it in the bedroom? Especially people are like, oh, do this to spice up the bedroom. Do you know what you can do to spice up the bedroom? Leave the fucking bedroom is what you can do. <laughs> so I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, 
You don't need to be in the bedroom. Do it everywhere. Do it in the living room. Do it in the kitchen table. Do it in the bathroom. Do it wherever you want. And call it sex. Call it fucking. Call it making love. Call it whatever it is. Don't put it under some euphemism. Calling it the bedroom. Sex happens wherever you can. As long as it's, it's safe and consensual and you're not hurting anybody else. You're not, you know, like putting in public unless people want it so that it annoys me and annoys me when we're saying skills for the bedroom or tricks for the bedroom it's just like no it's sex call it what it is have fun thank you for listening to my soapbox (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it so much i can do this all day. I love when you get mad. I don't know why. It makes me so happy <laughs> when you're, you're mad. <laughs> it's just like certain things. I'm like, ah, I know. I, I, there's like, I work hard at being objective, being open-minded, <laughs> like seeing things. Like my kink is not your kink and your kink is okay. Like mm-hmm. I can, you know, I, I work with people all day long. And like I hear all types of stories, all types of desires, all different kinks points of view just you know all the things and i'm so good at like everything is okay and then every now and then i'm like it's not okay (laughs) 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 it's just not okay (laughs) no (laughs) i enjoy you so i am containing those moments to the soapbox soapbox. thank you for listening If you want more of these outbursts of rage, (laughs) if you want to know how my eggs turned out, if you want Effie to get angry, Mm -hmm. then you should follow us on social media. Uh, you can find us everywhere at we are curious foxes you should go to instagram right now you should click on that blue follow button you should share some stuff you should comment on some things just do all the things we're here to explore we're here to be curious so you can be curious by doing that you can go onto facebook and join our facebook group and you can continue the conversation there you can find us on patreon we've mentioned a few times that on patreon you can access all of the videos of our past events both our post-quarantine zoom events and our pre-quarantine live events we have all of those there on patreon for you we are also doing some content that is specifically for patreon trends and so we are doing some mini podcast episodes some director's cut and extra features from our podcast we are having exclusive events once a month for our patrons so go on to patreon support us there it really makes a huge difference this is a community organization this is not our full-time job we do this because it is needed and so we want to hear from you and we also would love to hear anything that you would love us to explore on this podcast So on December 18th, we are going to have a podcast episode dedicated to answering your questions. We get tons of questions via DMs, via email, and we are going to now dedicate an episode just answering your questions. If you want your question answered, then there's a few ways that you can do it. You can take a voice memo and you can email it to us at listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com. So use that little voice memo app on your phone, email it to us at listening at wearecuriousfoxes, or you can record your question by calling us at 201-870-0063. If you record a question and send it to us, then hopefully we can play it and answer your question on our December 18th podcast episode. 
This episode is produced and edited by the talented and very patient Nina Bollock, who makes us sound so much better than we actually are. Our intro music is composed by Dave Saham. We are so grateful for their work. And we are grateful for you for listening. And as always, stay curious, friends. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. 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 Stay curious.